1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Good evening, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by, well, my notes always say United legend Paul Parker, or former United player Paul, Par- uh, Phil Marsh and Lee Lawrence. No less United legend, Dave Murphy. It's tough over Arsenal three, Manchester United two. Um, how are you doing, Dave? You alright?
1: Yeah. Let's Yeah. I'm doing all yeah. right. The sun is back, the rain has stopped here in California. Um, I put my canoe away for the for this for the winter. So yeah, I'm good now. I'm good. Although today, you know, we'll talk about that. Other than that, yeah. Got the Niners on today as well in the playoffs. So hopefully they won't let me down.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, Uh, If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions and comments in. If you're watching the replay, do say hello um, and feel free to comment. Uh, We do reply to the uh, comments that we get, even on the replays. And if you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on. So, yeah, Arsenal 3, Manchester United 2. Arsenal took the lead three times. Oh, sorry, twice. United took the lead. Arsenal equalised. Came... Uh, back with the lead United leveled Arsenal then score in the last minute Um, a very very difficult one to sort of take really because of I mean because of the nature of the defeat because of the way that it's been built up a a really good game of football for an hour or so and then it turned into a really um, disappointing sort of retreating um, retreat first for <laughs> United camps around the, the penalty box and they didn't really get out a few de- silly defensive errors um, I, I don't really know where to begin I, obviously it's, it's really disappointing that we, we're losing the manner that we did I, I should say I think Arsenal thoroughly deserved the win well, as difficult as it is for me to say I think that's probably the best Arsenal team that I've seen since 2005 I 2004 even the invincible side uh, they're really good. They're really ambitious. They're tight. Um, and, yeah, they deserve the win. United were meek. They, I think they missed, they missed Casemiro, and I know we'll get on to that in a, in, a, in a while. But, yeah, um, apart from that, I, I felt we were meek. We counter-attacked sometimes. I felt the, the game plan was a little bit weird. I, I, I'm trying to really comprehend in my own brain and, and sort of, come to terms with how big a, a Miss Casemiro was. But I, I felt the overall approach, you know, it was like United were kind of tentatively seeing if they belonged at the top table for a, a game of this magnitude. And really, I don't think, when when I look at Arsenal, I think, you know, despite the fact that we were missing the the most, um, I guess, the most important player to, to our um, philosophy and that, the way that we play, I don't think Arsenal really—they uh, took control in midfield. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't have the chasm of quality that I expected that they would have the way that everyone's been talking about them. Although I did—I do, like I said earlier—I think first of all they deserve the win, and second of all that they—they, they, you know, it's the best Arsenal side that I've seen for a long time. Dave, um, Devo I, it's—I guess it's a two-two. A too, question kind of thing isn't it you know like first of all the, the performance overall and then the nature in the, the nature of the way that we lost
1: um I you know first and foremost I think you know it's clearly obvious we miss Casemiro today and I and I think if we have Casemiro on that team um Arsenal don't win that game today. Um I know Arsenal have improved a hell of a lot and they, they do look a very very good side but with Casemiro in that team I, I think manchester united would have would have at least got a draw out that game uh, so it, it shows how far we have come in, in a very short space of time that the, the best team in england um, today at this moment in time if you you know if you if you go by the rule of the the, the league table um, and one not that far off when we when we have a when we have a full side out. You know, Casemiro was a huge was a huge loss. We knew that going into it. Uh you know, Ten Hag didn't have much options other than Fred and McTominay. I I you know I think with McTominay he went with the right choice. Um it was an absolutely cracking game, let's let's be honest. And overall I think Arsenal did, you know, they did edge it uh, over United. But it they, they didn't show me anything today that would concern me for future seasons, to be honest. Um, when Casemiro comes back, we definitely need it, you know, we definitely, and, and everyone knows this, we need a striker. Um, I think we'd be well up for it, well up for it uh, next season, um, which I don't think, you know, I think many many Manchester United supporters would have taken that when Ten Hag came in. Hey, you know, we finished top four, maybe get a good cup run, couple of cup runs. Um, you know, we get past Barcelona in Europa, I think we'll win. I think we have a great chance of winning. I think we'll win it if we get past Barcelona. But so far, I'm a, I'm happy overall with the season, um. And the future is looking bright for Manchester United. Uh, back to today's game, I there was a couple of individual errors that led to those goals. I mean, I, I just I, for the life of me, I still don't understand playing out at the back. We just we just can't do it. We really can't. We just make too many mistakes doing that. Um. That said, um, the first hour, as you noted, was was pretty good, and then I think you know I, I think, um. Ten Hag decided that a point was enough. You know, we were just gonna accept a point. I would have been happy with a point. And, and unfortunately, they, they did what we've done to many teams for decades, is they got that goal in the last minute. And unfortunately that's what champions do, don't they? They just keep going, they keep going and, and they they got that goal in the end it was it was a fantastic game let's be honest it really was you know we've seen some really drab dross over the past couple of years i enjoyed that game as much as you can enjoy a defeat um it was a good game there was a lot of positives on it just you know we still lack uh, we, there's still a bit of naivety in the back at times and um, i thought david de Gea was poor for saka's goal if i'm being honest um i thought he was really poor um yeah. but then he pulled off that worldly. then you know uh, like in the last I think it was the 86, 85, 86 minute So uh, That's that's what you get With the hair, And that's what you get With all goalkeepers Not every goalkeeper Is going to be 100% In every game You're going to get Those little mishaps uh, There was one ball He came forward He punched Instead of catching It was easier to catch it They're just nervous Times with the hair. But I'm not going to Bash any of our players um, Arsenal on a form team uh, Alongside Manchester United It was a great game uh, I would have just loved To have capitalised On on You know Our, uh, our good start So
0: yeah it's a it's a strange one for me when i look at you said there not many poor performances and, and the individual areas as well i don't know i i look at that and i you look back to the defeat that we had at arsenal last season and and it was poor and we were poor and it was just yeah. symbolic of the nature of the the many defeats that we were suffering on the road at the time you know heads go down complete collapse you don't even look like you're going to get anything from the game And today, obviously, we did look like at certain points that we would get something from the game because we were a lot more ambitious. We were a lot more creative with that. But then again, you look at the um, issues that prohibit this side from being um, a top-level championship contending side. I think that's fair to say. Um, Without wanting to be too critical, You know, obviously, we've lost. We're disappointed that we've lost in the last minute and everything. You look at the... um, the, the sort of afflictions that we suffer. You said it earlier. Obviously, quality striker Casemiro missing. The fullbacks. I know wan made a couple of tackles, but the the wingers, the Arsenal wingers, mainly had both both of them on toast. And Luke Shaw had a really, really difficult game. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? If you look at that game, and you've got two different fullbacks in or two class fullbacks, like, let's say, new signings, um, Casemiro and then a striker. United are a lot more ambitious in that game. They're not making the silly errors that they do make. And, you know, I don't want to... Over the last year or so, when we've looked at United losing games and we've seen them, you know, I, I'm talking previous of Ten Hag here. when you've seen them lose games, you've seen them give up. So I'm not going to give that on the players this time. What I think you're seeing when they do lose games this time round is the critical difference that's prohibiting United from making that next step to being a top-level side. So, Luke Shaw, hands up, but obviously magnificent in the derby last week. He's had an incredible renaissance. You can't criticise him. He's been one of United's players of the season. However, is he good enough to be in a championship winning side? Maybe not. And the reason why is you saw tonight Saka... Really took him to town, and look, Saka will take a lot of. Uh, he'll embarrass a lot of fullbacks, but Shaw was making it easy for him. Sometimes he, he was kind of saying, with a number of like, I mean, four or five times where he gave him six, or seven yards. Especially, he was letting him walk in the penalty box. You know, that was an admission of you're too good for me. I can't do anything against you, which is slightly concerning for United fullback. You know, you you want a little bit more tenacity and. With I, I seem to remember Melassia early in the season when he was called up to play against Salah. You weren't having that attitude. And to be fair, you don't normally get that from Shaw. So, you know, on one hand, you can say Saka's a different kind of talent. On the other hand, you can say Shaw had a really poor game. Wan-Bissaka, you know, there were moments where he, he was really troubled by Martinelli, apart from the two great tackles that he made near the end. Vegos, I thought he played all right, actually. But you know the difference um, a top-class striker is going to make that team as a focal point for different place to play off i think he, he did as well as he could do in with his skill set in the situation that he was in but obviously obviously the big um, miss was casemiro and i don't want to dig out McTominay and say you're not casemiro because casemiro's a player who's won five champions leagues he's, he's won trophies with real madrid he's one of the best if not the best um player of his type in the world so obviously Whoever you put in, there's gonna be a, a drop in performance, you're not gonna get that. I just look at the the last goal in particular, and there's a couple of errors that McTominay makes. And I know a lot of people have sort of said Rashford's culpable as well in that, but the, the couple of errors that you saw McTominay make, and maybe not even errors, just the areas where is so good that he that he tidies that up and he, he takes care of it. That that's the critical difference. These are the critical differences that United are missing. And it is difficult when you lose in the last minute. And I'm trying, I am trying to sort of like be more, you know, show the perspective of it um, straight after the final whistle. But it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you're looking at it and you're thinking, yeah, they are the areas and it seems a bit harsh to dig out the players when what we're actually seeing is, yeah, all right, they've lost a game of football, but... The, the the criticism we're saying is you're not good enough to win a title and that's not necessarily saying you're not good enough which is what we were saying 12 months ago right
1: i mean well there's a lot to there's a lot to take in there um i, I wouldn't i wouldn't have i wouldn't be having a go at luke shaw at all myself personally i think saka is just one of those players that's going to cause a lot of left backs a lot of defenders a lot of problems um I think I think the disappointing fact is that Luke Shaw has been performing so good in the past couple of months that unfortunately he's come up against Saka, who is was who who's playing absolutely brilliant, and it's just that's just the way it is. You could you could criticise you know Arsenal defenders, uh, but then you know you look at Rashford and you think, well, Rashford's in the form of his life, so you know I'm, I'm sure Arsenal. You know I know they've won, but it, it there's just some games where your better players are just they just got. They've just got the best of from, from someone else. And and Saka today was 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 really, really good. I, I was a little bit surprised the shot was giving him so much room, though, to run into the box. But I, I think that's a situation whereby if he gets too tight to him and Saka knocks it past him, he's gone. And he had done that once or twice. He had got past him with pace i'm well luke shaw i'm i'm tending to give him a you know a pass here and um, because saka is just one of those players that when he's on farm he's just on he's just unplayable you know and, and he is a very very good player wambasaka saka yeah you know, I, I i actually thought he had a very decent game uh with the exception of you know switching off or, for that split second and and losing his defender unfortunately that's something we've come accustomed to with with wamba um he tends to just switch off for that split second and, and he's not aware of who's around him. And that was a terrible goal to give up, it really was. Um, on to Woot. I, I just don't... I don't understand. Listen, I, I when when we brought him in, I got it. I'm, I'm like, okay, we'll bring it in, bodies. I don't think he expected to start every game since he came in. I don't think we expected him to start. But then again, we have... You know we have Louis Saha 2.0 in Martial. He, the guy is just, you know, I, I just think that if he doesn't feel he's 100, percent he doesn't want to play, um, and it's disappointing because I like Martial. I think he's done well this season as a unit. Yes, he hasn't got a lot of goals, but I think as a unit up front, him and Anthony and and Rashford have worked very very well together, um, and I think we missed that today as well. Um, I just don't, I just don't understand why we've got a player that's you know six foot six and I don't think we swung in one cross Um, and even at that on on corners and stuff like that I thought he was pretty poor even when we were you know even when there was balls up into the air he was getting out jumped and he shouldn't be you know he's played in the Premier League before it's not as if it's like a learning curve from uh, I, I, I need and I expect more from, from a player that's 6 foot 6 you know and and I just don't understand that if we're going to be playing him, that I'm, I'm not expecting us to start launching balls into the box, you know, David Moyes style. Um, but I do expect us to start utilising something that he has, and that's height. You know, if you've got a, if you've got a if you've got a fast winger, you don't just knock the ball straight into his feet every time. You knock it past him so he can run onto it. I don't get why we have a player like that and we're not utilising. His his biggest strength, which I believe, obviously, is his height—six foot six—towers above everyone else. I don't think he's won a header in the box. I really don't. And I don't, and I don't want to bash the guy. It's only his second game, but I think I think it's more on on um, Ten Hag to to try and improve on that. Um, but overall, I mean, yeah, there was a couple of di- there was a couple of disappointing performances out there, but. And and it's easy to say, with we, we you know with Casemiro, we might have done better. I think we would have done a hell of a lot better. I'm not overly disappointed. Uh, the team that we have, a couple of additions in the summer, we're not going to be that far off next season. I really truly believe that.
0: Yeah, Robbie's made a good point here in the comments. Good evening, Robbie. I hope you're well. And um, thanks for um, the nice comment about the Duncan Edwards book as well on on social media earlier. Really. And um, he says, "I think Arsenal deserved it. We're so lacking in midfield. Alamo. It was an Alamo at the end. Uh, we're still ahead." We are still ahead of target with 10-Hog onwards and upwards. Yeah, I think this is an interesting one. And he also says, obviously, we've got a semi-final to look forward to on Wednesday. And I think that's an interesting thing to look at. When when you look at the conversation, it's been United in a title race, title race over the last um, 10 days or so. And obviously, the last four or five days, maybe they're not in a title race. Maybe that's a little bit premature. And you look at City's ominous sort of turning you know, of the screw maybe Arsenal won't be in a title race in 10 10 games' time, you know. I've always said that a title race, you've kind of got to be in it by the 30th game to sort of say it's an actual race because, you know, every every team has got to sort of play each other and they've got to get a decent enough, uh, you know, I think halfway through a season is a bit premature. And either way, I know we've had a couple of spells in the past with Oli at one point we were near the top of January and I think under Mourinho we were around the top of January um, even Van Gaal I think the Leicester season we were outside chances if we'd have made a change we we could have done something but this is the first time where you've probably felt well United have actually got some substance about them that you know if they put that well I said if they put that when I'm saying that I'm saying the last couple of games if they, that run of form if they won against Palace and they won today then you, you're having a different kind of belief system about United. You're thinking, all right, they are where they are and they, they could be championship contenders. Whereas now you're looking at it and thinking, actually, for, for those of us with le, level heads, we're thinking, yeah, do you know, we're probably ahead of schedule anyway? And it's probably shown to us in the last sort of five or six days that we're looking at United and think expecting a little bit too much to say we're in a title race. And I'm I'm saying that saying United should always be the team who are aspiring to win every single game. And I I truly believe that Ten Hag's doing that. I don't have a problem with him doing that. And And I think the players have responded to it, even the ones that, you know, it sounds like I'm being critical earlier. But I think everyone's responded to that, that, you know, every player has got to win, be, be part of a team that wins every game for United. I think Tenon's done brilliantly in instilling that kind of attitude in in six months' time. In, in, in fact, I would say, and I have said over the last week wherever I've talked about United, is I think he's way ahead of schedule. He's probably done in six months what I expected him to do inside of a year. Yeah. And, and because of that, you're now seeing the higher expectations. Oh, you're going to win a title. And everything, and I think it's a good, a, a good like I'm not saying it's ever good to win a game, but it's good to sort of have that kind of revision to say actually, do you know what? Like, like earlier, I'm saying you know I'm criticizing Sean Wambasaka and McTominay, but really what I'm saying is you've done much better than I expected you to. Because let's be right, some of those performances last season, we were kind of saying whoever comes in, no player can survive that. That no player could survive any of the sort of, you know, the performances that we're putting in. But they have done, and they've responded to that. And yeah, all right, we lost in the last minute. Maybe we're having a completely different conversation if that game finishes two-two, and it really could have done. You know, if, if the linesman had given a dodgy call and said it's offside, then we could be sat here talking about a two-two. And and is that a different kind of mood? It shouldn't really be, should it? Really, we shouldn't be looking at it on the. The basis of one or two minutes. Really, what we're saying is, Ten is doing much better, and maybe, although the defeat is hard to take, maybe it redefines the perspective of a lot of people to say, what we need to achieve this season is the top four, and we're well on course for that. We are, you know, way ahead. We we competed with City. We went toe to toe with them. We we put in a really good performance. We deserve to win that game, regardless of the controversy today, we we were really good in spite of missing the most crucial player to our identity, the, the player that dictates everything about the way that we play. Again, surreal to be saying that within four months, but that's how important he is. And we came within that close to getting a result against the team that everyone is heralding as the team of the season. I mean, Really, you've got to say, and I, I, I'm saying it's acceptable to lose a game or anything like that, especially at Arsenal. It's a tough one to take. But I think maybe in the coming days that people will say, all right, you know, we did all right and we're still ahead of where we need to be. I mean, if we'd have lost 4 0 to Liverpool, they've we're having a different conversation here. But it doesn't even, even taking the bitter pill to swallowing a last minute defeat. We still need to be positive about the way that United are doing it at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, a defeat a defeat is defeat at the end of the day, but the defeat last season, we were we were not only talking about the defeat, we were talking about the manner in which we got defeated in in the fact that you said earlier on, heads dropped. We kind of knew one or two nil down, that's it, game over. Um, you know, this year the the defeats, this season the defeats are hard to take because there's a lot of positives coming from the game, a lot of positives, um, and there's a lot of positives from this team. That's why it's a little bit harder to take. That's why I'm not yeah. – uh, uh, sorry, that's why it's a little bit more uh, – yeah, as I said, harder to take is the point I'm trying to make. Last season, it was kind of an acceptable thing when we got beaten because we knew a lot of these – a lot of the players just, you know, let's be honest, they didn't give a shit. They didn't care. You know, the head just went down. The confidence was gone. You know, we, we drew a Palace uh, in midweek, which was an absolutely shocking result considering we had a Stolen penalty. Um, these I personally believe that today was offside. I do, I think that last goal was offside. I think, I think, um, you know, as the defender swung that ball in, it, he was off, so he was clearly offside. Um, but so there to the find margins you know last season was horrendous at at arsenal you know it was completely disheartened it was it was embarrassing um you know, this season we're talking about, well, you know, if we have Casemiro it's a, and, and these are easy excuses to make. Oh, we have our best player. We do better. Well, that's natural that we would. And McTominay just, you know, I like the guy. I think he gives us all. But I just, you know, we can see the gulf and class between him and Casemiro. Uh, Fred's Fred's good at coming off the bench these days. You know, another good squad, decent squad player, not the best. But um, I, I just I just think that. I don't want to get. I don't want. I don't want supporters to completely overreact about this, but they will. You know, David Aheil will get bashed on social media. Wamba Saka will. You know, McTominay. You know, is probably the most. His name is probably the, the biggest trending name on social media right now. I mean, just take a break. Take a day off. You know, we we we've, we've. It's a first defeat in what 11, 12 games. Um, mm-hmm. We got a semi final to look forward to. We got an FA Cup to look forward to. We got a, the second leg of semi final. Um, you know, we just, and then I think we're at home, the palace is our next league game. We just need to take a breather. This, this is a very, very good Manchester United. So it's a very, very good Manchester United, uh, manager, um, who's been in the job for what, six months. And we're already, I believe a year ahead of schedule. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get, you know, overexcited and overreact, but we, we could have easily drawn that game today. If that, if that. Offside had it been given, you know, and here we would be sitting with a lot more, you know, uh, optimistic outlook um, than what we currently are. But I'm very optimistic for this side. I really am. I think Manchester United are we're back on we're back on track. It's going to take another couple of signings to get us to be real title contenders. And I know a week ago in the excitement of, of the derby, we were talking about title contenders. But let's be honest here: an extra three points, or an extra two points against Palace, and then a draw today. we honestly, we we were in a title race. I don't I still think there's a twist in this. I don't think Arsenal have the mental ability to to take on and beat a lot of these, you know, top teams away from home. I think they still have to go to Anfield. I think they still have to go to City. You know, Spurs are Spurs at the end of the day. It was a good result. It's a derby game. Um and you know, they, they beat us today, but not overwhelmingly. I, I still think City are still in there. I really do. Um and I think, you know, that, that third place uh, it's still up for grabs for United, and if we if we finish in the top three and we get a good couple of cup runs and throw a bit of silverware in there, I'll be I'll be happy with this season, and um, I already am so far. I just feel that I thought today some of the substitutions were a little bit bizarre. If I'm being honest, um, I thought we we should have brought Garnaccio on a little bit uh, earlier than the 92nd minute. Um, uh, I just I just feel that if we hadn't brought him on and moved Rashford in for, in, in middle for Wakehurst, I, I think we could have went at Arsenal because, you know, they don't like you coming at them. They, that's the very reason Arteta took uh, uh, Ben White off. You know, he knew he was, he was eventually going to get a red card. Mm-hmm. Um We just didn't go at them enough Um because Rashford's was the only one that had a bit of, had a bit of fight about him. Uh, Anthony, for me, I thought he had a decent game. I really did. I, I, you know, he gets a lot of stick. The guy's only in the club for months. You know, it, it's, it's mind blowing the amount of abuse our players get from our own supporters at times. It really is. This is a very reason why, you know, and it's a, it's a touchy subject. The very reason why, you know, Sancho had to go off and, and spend two months away from the club because, you know, the, the mental stress on the guy is, is massive. We never give our own players time to bet in never. It's ridiculous. Um, and Anthony's going to be one of those players, but I, I honestly believe he has a different temperament. I think he has a, you know, he doesn't really give a shit temperament about what people say or do about him. Um, And I think we're we're really on on the cusp of an an absolutely fantastic winger in that guy. And we just need to back off and let him get on with his game.
0: Yeah, I wasn't too disappointed with Anthony tonight. It was a tough game for him, but I I think he did all right. You know, a couple of moments he could have done better, but I was a bit confused why they were booing him. But um, because he got
1: fouled, you know. So. That's oh, the
0: mentality. Right.
1: That's what he was building on when he got fouled that time in the first few minutes. It's it's ridiculous.
0: I, I thought they were um I thought it's something to do with Mike Riley in two thousand and four. The these are <laughs> grudges that they held hold. Um which was a definite penalty, by the way. Um so the Mongrel says last game if the last game was a draw and not a win, and this loss not a draw. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's draw not a win and, and this loss not a draw. Shows where we are in reality. I mean, Tomine was poor, as was Fred. However, the changes just didn't seem to know where they they should play. Yeah, I mean, I think Fred was pretty good. Like, not not good in terms of his performance, but he, he knew what he was doing. He went straight over there to sort of combat what was happening with Shaw and Saka. Um, Foz says, reality check this week. Missed Castamiro with his blocks and then passing the ball into attack. Could match next, onwards and upwards. Yeah, like Davo just said, you know, um, two or three games without a league game is probably a good time for United to take a breather and, and sort of refocus the ambition, really. Like, say, you know, we, we're making good progress in the other competitions, and it might sort of add a little bit of that impetus back. I know we've got Leeds at home, haven't we, coming up as well? Um, Spotless Leopard says... A bit gutted at the end, but one way of looking at it is we've helped to stop City winning the title every cloud. Maybe, maybe. um, I don't don't know. know. I
1: think, you know, obviously, you know, as a Manchester United supporter, you don't want City win the league, but, you know, Arsenal have become unbearable in just five months. They really, a year ago, they were sacking Arteta because they were getting relegated, you know, and and now they've just become, even the commentators have become unbearable. It's, it's, I I was, obviously, I'm in California here. um, I was listening to it on uh, Peacock and, it was like it was like as if they were talking about this arsenal side as the invincibles and banger was back in charge and it was it's actually nauseating to hear how how they fawn over these um over these over these over the arsenal team that that's currently top of the table it's absolutely ridiculous they're they're a decent side but let you know i, I personally don't think they're as good as a previous arsenal size that have won titles um I, I think they're one or two players off you know just a, a meltdown. Um, and Arsenal haven't, you know, they they haven't hit their blip yet, and not a lot of teams go through a season without hitting a blip. Uh, and and once it, is, I just don't think they're mentally strong enough to win the league um, mm. if they go through that blip. And that's that's the if. Uh, I just I just believe that they'll they'll collapse, which you know, which will be funny to see. But then it could lead to City winning it and getting three in a row. You know, it, it, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If if, if I'm sitting here, you know being asked who would I prefer to win the league obviously it'll be Arsenal but they, they will be unbearable they really really will be unbearable um but that's it you know that's isn't that's why we love football that's that's what the rivalry is all about um but you know onwards and upwards we got a we got a semi-final to to uh, to play midweek I'm excited for that uh you know it's gonna be a tough game Forest away um I'm not sure whether they're hitting any form because Forest are kind of up and down but you know uh, but that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm going to move past today's defeat. Uh, it wasn't a devastating defeat uh, in, in the regard of where do we go from here. I think we're on the right path.
0: Yeah. A couple of things before we finish. Um, and I know you want to move on from the defeat, but let's look at the, the two positive things. First of all, or well, second of all, Martinez's goal, his first goal for United. Who would have thought he's going to have a bandage on his head? It's going to be a stooping header. So he has to go deeper than five foot seven or whatever he is to win the ball. Well, five foot nine, isn't he? So he's got to, he's got to go lower than that, scoop the ball up with his head, and then it goes over everyone and into the uh, top corner of the Arsenal net. Um, and Drew is level at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, it was good for, for him to score. and... Yeah. Um Jamie
1: Carragher will be absolutely fuming that he scored with a header.
0: You know. Yeah. Oh so I tweeted to the effect of what I've just said, much more articulately in a tweet. But everyone was tagging in. Well, everyone. One person. One per- one person is everyone. Tagged Carriger into into it afterwards. Um Rashford's though. Rashford's goal was fantastic, wasn't it? Um takes the the sort of shimmy, which didn't really work most of the time in the game, but it did work against Partey. He, he makes some room for himself. Vegos does quite well in, in moving the marker away from him. It allows Rashford the room to shoot and a decent shot from 25 yards and goes in. Um A great goal, wasn't it?
1: Oh, it was, it was phenomenal. I mean, it, you know, Marcus Rashford, oh my God, what a transformation, you know, in, in a year. Um all down to, I personally believe, Ten Hag, Benny McCarthy, uh, people in the background there, uh, Steve McLaren, all these guys that have just pressed the reset button with him. He's full of confidence. I, I made, you know, numerous comments last season about about Rashford running up players. He just seemed to just run into them. You know, he, he had an idea in his head and then all of a sudden he'd have a brain fart and and he'd just run straight into the defender. It was very, very bizarre. Uh, but what a cracking goal out of nowhere. I mean, unbelievable. That's nine goals now in the last nine games, I believe. The guy is just on fire. Um a huge transformation. Needs help up front though. You know, we can't, we can't just he can't keep doing it on uh, you know by himself. Um but yeah, what a and looks fresh still, you know. I think last season he looked very, very tired, you know, mentally and physically. Uh, the, the guy couldn't, you know, couldn't catch a break. Um and I think, you know. If if people were being honest, I think last season if if PSG had offered of 60-70 million for Rashford, not many would have would have you know been disappointed to see him go. A year later, it's like we're all panicking now that he won't sign a new contract. Um I mean that's 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 the issue. That's the issue here. You know, it's it, it, look how much a season can turn around. Like like I said, Arsenal about the him, Arteta last year, the fans were in an uproar, yeah. how terrible he was. And now they're on the verge of winning the title again, you know? So patience is what's needed. Patience is what's needed. And I say that with Anthony as well. Um, they just need a little bit more time. Got to give him another season. Um, and we can still have Sancho to come back. I'm, I'm excited to see Sancho back. because and, and the reason being is that, um, you know, he started the season very well. And then he went into that dip of form. Um, you know, he made Van Dijk look like an absolute clown. So he's yep. number one in my book. Um and he did very, very well. You know, he got a couple of goals. Uh, you look at some of our left backs, you know, Luke Shaw is a completely different player. Completely different player. Maguire not even getting a second on the on the pitch anymore because he's just not performing. And, and I've said this, you know, before in, 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 you know, with you and Phil that a few weeks ago is that I think Harry Maguire would do great at another club. He's just, he's just not going to do it at Manchester United. So this is why I'm excited for Sancho coming back because I, I do believe that, um, I do believe that uh, we're going to see a completely different player. And, and I'm excited to see him back. Um, yeah. And, and to answer uh, Robbie's question, yes, I am I am a fellow dub. Um, I, I do hope it didn't take long for you to realise that. So in other words, I hope I haven't incorporated the American accent. That's, that's my fear.
0: You have your half and Californian now, unfortunately for you. I agree with everything that you said about um, Rashford. Um, you, you're quite right. I did feel like the blind alleys thing was a bit of a theme today. Um, he was a bit over ambitious with some of the stuff. Um, but obviously, you only need one in a big game, and it, it did come off for him. It's a bit too harsh. I, to be fair, I thought that I'd never seen a defence... I say I've never. I've not seen a defence as terrified of a single player for United since probably ronaldo or rooney at the peak you know um and then before that obviously the likes of gigs um but they were the arsenal defense and obviously made the change at half time because they were they were scared of the way that it was moving with the ball and it, it obviously fed into that chance they had it early in the second half as well but yeah um we've lost but um you know not much to be negative about and i'm glad that we had a quick chat about this, Dave, you and I had this chat to be able to feel a little bit more confident, put, restore some perspective about United, where they are at the moment, because obviously in, in 10 days, if we've progressed in the FA Cup and if we're in a, a League Cup final, ahead of a nice, well, on paper, a fairly good run of games in the league as well, that everything starts to look different in, you know, you know Seven or eight weeks again, you know, it starts to look like a really, really strong uh, first season. Before we go, one last uh, comment: Ajmal says thoughts on De Gea, his distribution and not commanding his box. Do you know it's funny because De Gea and Ramsdale, I, I've seen a lot of talk about them this week, both of them on on social media about their respective, you know, their the distribution and everything like that. And there's been a lot of criticism for. De Gea and a lot of praise for Ramsdale. But if you look at the stats, I think Ramsdale's stats were a lot worse than De Gea's. Mm. Um, I, I don't have anywhere near the same kind of um, concern that a lot of people do about De Gea and his distribution. I don't. I, yeah, all right. it kicks a couple into touch every now and again, and it's not great when they play it. Him under pressure, but I I, I kind of think that that's anathema. It's contradictory to the way that United played. You know, if they put him under, you know, if the defenders are putting him under pressure, it's because mm. we're not meant to play like that as a club. So yeah, all right, De Gea could be better with his feet, but I still think that that's not. I don't accept that as a a, a sort of consequence of modern football. United showed, and he's shown because he's had great form earlier this season. You know he hasn't really needed to be brilliant with his feet. And I don't think that he's let us down before. I don't think he let us down today. I just think we played too deep. I don't know if that was instruction from the manager, you know, playing those goal kicks from the way that we did. I mean, we've got a six foot six center, uh, center attacker, just lump it up to him from a goal kick and then play off him. The problem we were always going to have when you lose Casemiro is that you don't have a midfield who can, Keep hold of the ball. I'm not criticising the players for that. That is the consequence of the the suspension. Is that that midfield is not going to dictate the possession of any any top flight game because Bruno is too speculative and McTominay isn't a good enough passer in the range of um, Casemiro. And that's not a, again. It's not a criticism. It's just the fact. It's the fact from what we know of what his qualities and, and what his drawbacks are. So. Um, I, I'm loath to criticise De Gea. Um, I know you said you felt he could have done better on one of the goals or a couple of the goals, Dave. What what do you make of him today?
1: So I mean, this. So I, I do feel sorry for goalkeepers nowadays, because this this is you know, let's be honest, this is a new fad that's come in over the past three or four seasons about playing out at the back. Um, you know, David De has been a goalkeeper for let's let's just say twenty odd years. He's been at Manchester United for. 12, 13 of those years. Um, and he's, you know, for seven or eight of those years, he's never had to worry about playing out at the back. All of a sudden now he's got to learn a new tool. And it's very, very difficult. I, I tend to not give, I, I, don't underst- I don't understand this playing out at the back, to be honest, um, because for any team. Because I don't think any team out there other than the Barcelona team from 2011, you know, I don't think there's any team out there that consistently gets this right. You know, I really don't. I think it's a very, very, very difficult thing to do to play out from the back, unless you've got a very, very good midfield. Which you know, the last time I've seen a team consistently do this well was Barcelona in 2011. That that side was phenomenal. Um, so mistakes are going to be made. Um, I, I don't criticize David. I, I don't want to criticize him. I just don't understand why we still do this when it's clear that it doesn't work. You know, um, and, and other teams do the same, and I don't understand why their managers do it. it it's great when it comes off, you know, that you have the ball, you're not know, hoofing it up and the, you know, because when you when you knock the ball long, there's a 50-50 chance you're not gonna get it, you know. Um, and I and I understand that it could come right back at you. But when you're playing it out at the back like that, you know, if it goes wrong, you're done. You know, nine times out of ten, it probably leads to at least a chance, not a, or even a goal. Um, and, and I don't like it. And, and that's why I don't like criticizing the Hay. I think today, you know, one of the goals was his fault. But that's, that's down to the fact that that's how he's told to play. And I don't think he's comfortable with it. And I think there's probably 18 goalkeepers in the Premier League that are not comfortable about it either. But they have to do it. Uh, we're not immune to that. I think it's just a. I ter- I just don't get it. I don't like it. I don't get it. It causes a lot of – how many corners did we give away today from – us having, yeah. you know, from the De Gea having the ball, it's ridiculous. It's not working. We need to do something better. But what is the option? There's only two options. It's that, or you hoof it up. Me personally, we got a we got strike it at six foot six, you and fail. we're still not utilizing them. You know, it's I just, yeah. I, for me, De Gea is still the best. You know, I want him on a new contract. Unfortunately, and we always say this, you know, goalkeepers, you know, the mistakes are tenfold. You know, because you know, most of the time it leads to a goal. Um, strikers the same. You know, if they miss a penalty or if they miss an easy chance, they're the ones that will make the the you know the social media uh, haters boil. Um, and midfielders get away with a lot, and so did you know, so there's some defenders. Um, but a goalkeeper, I think, is you know, he's the number one target when anything goes wrong. I love David De Gea. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. I still think he's the number one. I still think we we should we should definitely. You know, sign them to a new contract. Um, but the way that playing out from the box, whether it's Manchester United, whether it's you know Arsenal, where it's anyone else, I just don't get it. I really don't been watching this, you know, I've been watching football for you know forty odd years, and I just don't get this at all. It 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 it, it, it terrifies me, you know, because we're not we're not really that good at it, but we're no different than like I said, 17, 18 other teams in the league. You know, City were good at it for a while, not so much now. Um and and if that's all people are going to bash the hair over well let them have it i need hair. he kept us in that game today um, he kept us in the game against palace uh, so without david de hair, we'd be further down the table people need to remember that so
0: yeah um i will let ajmal of the fa- uh, the final word on this before we close off for today he says de hair, can't even keep the ball like cho michael and can't catch the ball in the box but i mean yeah he should have definitely caught the one that we saw that you know that he punched away Schmeichel made some ricks as well, mate. Do you know what he did? He made some big ones. Um, big, and- big
1: blunders. And and you know, it's it's no news that David De Gea doesn't come for the ball. He never has ever since since we brought him in in twenty eleven. That's that's his weakness. All goalkeepers have a weakness, um, and that's his. It's just unfortunate that you know. It's been highlighted more than any other goalkeeper. David Haye never comes to the ball. I was a little bit perplexed he didn't catch one today. You know, kind of. I looked at my son when he Did that? I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He may have just thought that there was a, you know, an Arsenal player coming in, and 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 that's that's just shows you how much how much fear he has coming for a ball. He doesn't like coming for a ball. And um, sure. I mean, the only thing we didn't talk about was was you know when he nearly got killed with that tackle. You know, on his shoulder, and then literally ripped his arm off.
0: Um, yeah. I did. I did comment. You know, I hope his arms okay because yeah, it was He's going to need them. Yeah, you need. He, <laughs> you might not need your feet all the time, but you definitely need your arms all that's the time. As a goalkeeper, it's kind of yeah. crucial. Yeah. Yeah, it made me think of that The Simpsons sketch. You know, like not Lenny. Do you know, like, oh, not David's arm. Like that's the last thing that we need uh, because you know it did it did look like he he was he was a break for a second, but you know, thankfully he's all right. And um, he'll be all right to play in the, the forthcoming games, I'm sure. But, yeah, it was a touch-and-go moment, that. Um, I'll be back with Paul tomorrow. Paul Park, well, Paul, first name terms. Paul Parker, Man United legend, to talk about the game again and to say all the good things that Dave hasn't said tonight. I'm sure he'll, the, the analysis will be a lot more astute than either Dave or I can provide. If you've been watching live on YouTube or Facebook, uh, feel free to get your comments in after the re- uh, when the replay is on. We do still reply to them. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to um, subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening on. Uh, thanks for a lot for for watching. Uh, well, thanks for a lot for watching and listening tonight, guys. And remember not to be too disheartened because yeah, it's disappointing, but we're still ahead of schedule and we're still doing a lot better than what um most people would have expected us to so disappointing but a good learning curve for for the team and i'm sure that you know it'll be a good lesson for us moving into the last part of the season stay safe stay well thanks for listening and watching
1: the touchable fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year